It's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Lakers Talk is on the air on 710 ESPN. I think what's most important for the Lakers is the marathon. You know, not the sprint, but the marathon. From the home of the 17-time world champion Lakers at L.A. Live. Lakers don't need home court against these teams to get to the NBA Finals, while other teams need home court. That's essential. It's because it's not smart for the Lakers. Because the strategy should not be stock up as many wins as you possibly can in the regular season. You take away from how fresh you can be in the postseason. Lakers talk, Lakers talk is, is on. on. Here's Alan Sliwa. What is going on, Laker fans? Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll go till 9 o'clock tonight. Two hours of Los Angeles Lakers talk. Get a chance to uh, continue to preview what we got coming up this season. What an exciting season it's going to be. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Uh, got a lot to get into, too. Let me give kind of a just a little bit of a preview um, Ramona Shelburne is going to come on at 7.30 and excited to talk to her for a couple different reasons. Uh, number one, just get her thoughts on the Lakers and um, also uh, Steve Ballmer, in a sense, kind of saying, saying that the Lakers threatened by the Clippers. I'm, I'm curious, you know, she had that one-on-one interview with him, get her thoughts on what Steve Ballmer's trying to kind of get into his head here. What's his thought process? They got this new stadium being built. So I'll spend a, plenty of time talking to Laker fans of trying to figure out where uh, how Ballmer views uh, Laker fans being threatened. I'm still trying to figure out where, where he's getting that from. Um, but I did want to get a chance to start the show. A lot, a lot of Anthony Davis talk tonight. So you know, last week on Friday, Travis and I are doing the show, and this was one of the popular conversations. It's different. When I do the show with Travis in the morning, as much as, you know, we have a great time doing the show, when you got two people talking, um, the opportunity to take calls, it's tougher to take calls. So Lakers Talk, a big part of this platform, is interacting with the listeners, interacting specifically with Laker fans, me giving more of my thought process, and then taking your calls on it as well. Um so let me first let me first take us back a year ago today. A year ago today, Anthony Davis um, had what I believe is his, uh, I, I guess you can say his defining moment so far in the NBA. Take a listen to this. Lakers playing against the Denver Nuggets. They're already up one to nothing. This is in the conference finals. Uh, we'll get through the timeline here. Just still trying to figure out how this was just a year ago. It feels like it was 19 years ago. Anthony Davis, uh, Lakers down one. Game two of the Western Conference Finals. Here's John Ireland and Michael Thompson on the call. All right, let's see what the Lakers come up with. Rondo to inbound it, 2.1 to go. Here we go for the game. Denver 103, Lakers 102. Rondo brings in Anthony Davis, three for the win. He got it! No time on the clock, it's over! Anthony Davis hits a three, the Lakers win it! Anthony Davis from the left corner buries a three, and the Lakers lead the Western Conference Finals two games to none. As always, a great call from John Ireland. Um, you know, it's first of all, let me say, it's it was an incredibly weird atmosphere for everybody, whether we're on the broadcast or you're a Laker fan. Obviously, there's no there's no fans there. So um, John obviously doing that in the studio there. Um, but th- this is, you know, a couple things kind of stuck out to me that this was one year ago. How the hell was this one year ago? Does Is it not me or does it feel like this was four years ago? 
Um, if you look at just – this was the conference finals, by the way, so the season didn't end until October 12th. Since then, the Lakers have played a full season and lost um, against the Phoenix Suns. They'll start a preseason game uh, or they'll start preseason for next season coming up here on October 3rd. Uh, before we even get to the one-year anniversary of championship number 18. So all that is kind of odd in itself. But it, it takes me to this. It's AD's signature moment of his career. Lakers went up 2 nothing. They ended up winning the game 105-103. to Everybody thought LeBron was going to get the ball. He didn't. You could look at Denver. What the hell were they doing on their rotation? Okay, AD hits the big shot. As a Laker, as a Laker fan, it's our best moment with Anthony Davis, at least for me. Maybe somebody's got something else, but with you know everything on the line, um, Denver having a chance to side, tie the series up one apiece. And, and you know, don't forget about Denver here. Um, they had come back and beat the Jazz. They were down 3-1. They had come back and beat the Clippers. They were down 3-1. So they're they're coming into this um, into this uh, Western Conference Finals with a ton of confidence, not saying that they're going to beat the Lakers, but you miss that shot. You never know. Never know what can happen from there. You tie the series up 1-1. So in the way I look at it, Chips on the line, you're in the playoffs, and Anthony Davis nails a jumper to win the game. So um, I, I always look at Anthony Davis as we we as Laker fans have very, very, very high expectations for AD. There was a topic that came up late last week on Anthony Davis. Richard Jefferson um, uh, doing the show, uh, it was on the jump. Um, conversation come, came up about Anthony Davis and defining AD in the league. Is he a top five player? Is he not a top five player? I want to play this for you because, like I said, this was a topic that we had a chance to talk about a little bit last week. Tonight, I'm going to go much further into it, and the debate's really going to be, is Anthony Davis a top five player or is he a top five talent? Does Anthony Davis this upcoming season have to be a top five player for the Lakers to win a championship. First, take a listen to Richard Jefferson on the jump. But no one calls him a top five player. They call him a top five talent. Yeah, a top yeah, yeah. five talent is the one of the most disrespectful things. The reason why I call you a top five talent and not a top five player is because top five players do it every mm-hmm. single night. And they impact the game, not just with their numbers at the end of the game, they impact their game where you're like, dude, that dude was a monster. Mm-hmm. That's what top five, Giannis, Steph, Braun, James, KD, that's what those dudes do. All right, that's Richard Jefferson right there. It was actually, um, that was not from the jump. That was on the, what podcast? Oh, the No, the no Chill podcast. podcast with Gilbert okay. Arenas. No Chill Podcast with Gilbert Arenas. So a couple things come to mind, you know, when I hear Richard Jefferson there. And, and you know, that that's the type of player. I Actually, I really like his analysis when, when he gets into, whether it's on the jump or it's, um, different platforms that he's on around ESPN. In this sense, a different type of platform when you're doing it on a podcast. Um, I always pay attention. He is in the league for a long time. And, you know, obviously this is somebody that interacted with a lot of the stars, understands uh, what championship basketball is all about. So I always, I always, you know, I, I have a keen ear to Richard Jefferson when I hear him saying something or I'm watching him uh, say something on TV. So I'll throw this out there. And, as, you know, over the course of uh, the show here, we'll, we'll take some calls. 877-710-ESPN. Is AD a top five player or a top five talent? Basically, do you agree with Rich, Richard Jefferson that AD is not a top five player in the NBA? Um, I, w- I want to give my definition here real quick of a top 
five player in the NBA. To me, the top five player in the NBA, he's the best player on that specific team. As in, everybody depends on him first. Okay? So, um, you might have two superstars or two all-stars on your team, but even that, there's, even when it was, you know, LeBron and uh, and Dwayne Wade, LeBron was, that was the man in Miami. I'm just kind of trying to think. Uh, Kobe and Shaq. In the Kobe and Shaq era together, Shaquille O'Neal was the, that was the foundation of when those teams were winning their championships. Of course, when it was Kobe and Powell, it was Kobe Bryant. So you define, for me, defining a top five player in the NBA, he's the best player on that team. You depend on him the most. Okay, here's another way that I define a top five player in the NBA. He impacts the game in more than one way. So if it's Anthony Davis, we know that AD is not a dude that's just going to score 25 to 30 points, he's also going to be an unbelievable player on the other side of the floor. Or if you're Luka, you're not impacting the game just by your scoring. You're also setting up other guys and you have 10, 11, 12 dimes per game or whatever the case is. So you find more than one way to impact the game. You affect the game in multiple ways. Um, Another, in my opinion, the definition that makes somebody a top five player in the league, he's available. Um, he's playing north of 85, 90% of the games every season, or that season specifically, um, he's available. And um, any time that you need him, uh, he's available. And some of that has to do with luck. Some of that has to do with your body. But, of course, if you're going to be a top five player in the league, um, you have to be hitting all of these characteristics. And even if you hit all these characteristics, that still could potentially not make you a top five player. You're, you're now being compared to what some of these other guys are doing. What's Giannis doing? What's Luka doing? What's uh, KD doing? What's James Harden doing? What's Steph Curry doing? What's LeBron doing? And I'm talking about those players for that specific year. Um, the last thing that, in my opinion, you have to have to be a top five player uh, in the NBA you know that that individual is going to deliver every single night, period, no questions asked. There's no conversation of whether – are, are players going to have bad games? Of course they are. Are they going to have games where they were not efficient? Absolutely. That's part of the game. You're playing an 82-game stretch or in uh, the, the most recent season, 72 games, the condensed season. Of course you're going to have bad games. But for the most part – it is very rare to have any type of conversation um, about a player that uh, top five player where they're having you know a few bad games or something. You might have a, a maybe two bad games a month, and that's that's me being realistic. Um, that's just what top five players do. That's my definition of a top five player. So by that de- definition, I actually would agree with Richard Jefferson that right now today. Anthony Davis is a top five talent, but he's more a top 10 player. Now, I would put him very low on that. You know, if he's top 10, I'm not putting him at 10. I'm not putting him at 9, or maybe it's it's somewhere around that 7 or 8 or something along those lines. But I get what Richard Jefford is saying. I, I understand what he's referencing to because by definition – I would say, okay, when you're saying top five player in the NBA, there's only a handful of names that you could put there. So here's a question I want to throw out to Laker fans. First off, do you you agree with Richard Jefferson on what he's saying there? And then another layer to this, 
Does Anthony Davis this season, think about the, the help that the Lakers have. Obviously, we know Russell Westbrook just came in. LeBron uh, still at the at the top of his game, at least last year was, before he went down and got injured, even at age 36. For the Lakers to win a championship this season, does he have to be a top five player walking into his prime at age 28? We'll do that. We'll take some of your calls when we come back. 877 710 ESPN. Appreciate you being part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we're uh, talking about Anthony Davis. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Richard Jefferson last week was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast, No Chill Podcast, and kind of getting a chance more to dive into this. Um, and, and we're certainly going to give Laker fans an opportunity to uh, chime in as well. So the phone number is 877-710-ESPN. If you're out driving around L.A. and you want to be a part of the conversation, question I threw out there to Laker fans, um, do you agree with with Richard Jefferson that Anthony Davis, yes, is a top five talent, but he's not a top five player? And then also, just to kind of add another element to this, does, does Anthony Davis have to be a top five player this upcoming season if they are going to win a championship? And this is with the Lakers getting more help, right? Russell Westbrook is now there. Rondo is back. Dwight Howard. You got all these other veterans. LeBron is still LeBron James. Um, how, you know, is that the difference of the Lakers winning championship number 18 or not? So you can chime in there, listening on the app, driving around 877-710-ESPN. Um, I want to get kind of one more point across here before I, I take a few calls. So... Let, let me just make sure that I position this the right way. Lakers were obviously able to win a championship uh, less than a year ago. Anthony Davis in that playoff run, almost 28 points per game, almost 10 rebounds, a block and a half per game. He was great. I, mean, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, he was great. Um, when you're talking top five players in the NBA, there are certain things that I think we got to look at. If, I, if I'm going to be critical on Anthony Davis, this is where I'm going to be critical on him. And this is why I'd say he's a top 10 talent. Really, I would say probably top seven. You're not going further than eight before you take Anthony Davis. Um, but this is why part of what I think Richard Jefferson is saying, I agree with. To be top five in the NBA, I can't do a post-game show where I say, where was Anthony Davis tonight? Or, you know what, AD for two straight games was, uh, he was below what we're accustomed to seeing him do. He's got to do better than that. Um, also availability does play a big part of this to become a top five player in the league. You have to be around all the time. I think, you know, AD has unfortunately dealt with some bad luck when it's come to injuries. And let's hopefully, as I sit here and I knock on my uh, wooden desk here, that that's not going to be the case uh, moving forward, uh, specifically this upcoming season. And, you know, other things that I think AD checks off the box, does he impact the game? in more than one way? Of course he does. He's the best two-way player in the NBA. Okay, does he also impact the game um, on the defensive side? Absolutely he does. The The question I would have when I talk about Anthony Davis is, 
Is it consistent enough to be top five? Um, he's not the best player on the team. He's just not. Uh, you know, obviously we know LeBron James continues to be. Now that doesn't mean as LeBron in December becomes 37 years old and Anthony Davis is 28 walking into his prime, that that doesn't change this upcoming season. Um, now, does he have to be top five player in the world to win a chip this season? You know, I I think that's I think this is a kind of an easy one for me. I think he does because I, I think to go out there and beat the Brooklyn Nets this year, who I you know obviously think is going to be the biggest obstacle for the Lakers. A little bit later in the show, we'll talk about you know the toughest teams for the Lakers to beat this year. Um, but in order for the Lakers to beat Brooklyn, AD does have to be a top five player in the league. He does. That's how good Brooklyn is. And that's the biggest advantage that the Lakers have against the Brooklyn Nets is that they have Anthony Davis and the Brooklyn Nets don't. Now, of course, their strength is going to be their backcourt. You got Kyrie, you got James Harden. And oh, by the way, Kevin Durant, who's arguably the best player in the world, is sitting with them as well. So that Anthony Davis piece, that Anthony Davis portion where you know you kind of pay attention to what AD is going to have to deliver this year. Does he have to be a top five player? This season, I think he has to become a top five player, specifically when they're playing the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and in a sense, I guess ultimately, then I agree with uh, I agree with Richard Jefferson that at this point, right now, at this stage, is he top ten? Uh, or I'm sorry, is he top five at the moment? I would say he's not this season. He could change, obviously, a lot of people's opinion. Let's go to our first phone call of the night. David in Palm Springs. David, you're on uh, Lakers Talk. What's going on, David? Hey, not much. Good evening. So, you know what? I can see where Richard Jefferson is coming from, but I think that Anthony is a top five talent and player, and I think the way it's sort of hard to gauge and why people look at it as he isn't a top five player is because he really has these injuries that stop him from, let's say, being available or having the stats that may not be up to par of what we might expect two games in a row, like you said. And let me give you an example. In the bubble, he was still sort of hobbled. He was still grabbing his tendinosis, his heel. And yet, besides LeBron James, there wasn't a better in the bubble top five talent or top five player if you actually consider defense as important you have as to. offense. And that's why they won the championship. The defense was number one. And I can find plenty of guys today and older players like James Worthy that did it night in and night out that weren't top five talents or top five players. I think that the gap between anybody in the bubble besides LeBron, you could pick the Joker or anybody, the gap between those players' offense and Anthony Davis's is much smaller than the gap between Anthony Davis's defense and those players' defense, including the gap between the Lakers' offense and the Nets' defense. So, Dave, Dave, David, I'm going to hop in here just because uh, you got a lot of good points. Let, let me let me jump in and say this, uh, and I appreciate you calling in. So, here's the thing: we, we can't say when he's healthy. Health is a big part of it. Right. Let me just use this as an example. 
KD wasn't healthy in the playoffs. He didn't play. Remember, he missed that whole season. Guys like Klay Thompson, they've had their injuries. This year, LeBron is a perfect example, went out, and that was it. Uh, or Not that was it, but he wasn't 100% healthy. AD was out, and then it was over for the Lakers. Health does play a big part of it. Joel Embiid missed some games during the regular season. Um, I think health, it's either used for you or against you. If you're available, obviously, it's it's one of the strong suits of LeBron James. One of the strongest characteristics of LeBron James is that as he comes into season number 19, he's freaking available all the time. It's insane. Um, that's a big part to do with uh, kind of claiming LeBron as top five player in the NBA, which really, it's, that, that actually is disrespectful to say he's top five. We all know that he's one or two and he's been one for a really long time. And now the question just becomes, okay, is it, well, is KD, how far into the mix is it? Well, let KD's team get healthy and figure it out from there. Uh, let me squeeze in another call here. Robert in Hawthorne. Robert, what's going on? You're on, uh, you're on Lakers talk. Hi, uh, good here. Um, yeah, I agree with everything that you and the last caller said about AD. Um, everything that he brings the past uh, couple years for the Lakers, even when he hasn't been healthy, because it's it's still worth it in the end uh, when he is uh, able to play. And like you mentioned with Embiid, um, those are two comparisons I I like to think about. Embiid, like you mentioned, it does work against him because he hasn't been able to win yet. But AD did help us win, which is. I think would bring some credibility, even if people question his health. No, and, and listen, Robert, the the Embiid thing, that one's interesting. Th- this is what I would say about Embiid. Think about Joel Embiid in the Eastern Conference trying to go in a finals run, and LeBron's on his team. Just think about that. He had Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons obviously had his struggles. That's what Anthony Davis has. AD has LeBron. So that's the disadvantage when I say – when I, we're talking top five player in the NBA, typically, most times, maybe there's going to be exceptions to the rule. Um, you're the best player on your team. Embiid's the best player on the Philadelphia 76ers. AD is the second best player on the Los Angeles Lakers because of LeBron James. That kind of sounds insane, but it's you know it's the absolute truth. Um, I, I want to squeeze in one more point here that you know Richard Jefferson made that I actually disagree with. He said that. Um, He says that it's disrespectful to be called top five talent but not top five player. I don't agree with that. I don't think it's disrespectful. Being a top ten player in the league is not disrespectful. Anthony Davis, if he's the seventh or eighth best player in the NBA, and you could put him wherever you want. Somebody might sit here. You know, you guys had a few people talking about that, the championship bubble for the Lakers. Um, You're right. He was top five. That, I don't think you can argue. This past season, obviously, that wasn't the case because it was health. This upcoming season, he's got to be top five again. Um, and, and, of course, you value the defensive side. You know, I, I, I get the opportunity every pregame show uh, to do the show with Michael Thompson. Michael, if you're not talking defense, um, you know, that's a big problem for him because this is somebody that played in the league, understands it, knows his son is a perfect example. Not only can Clay drop 40 on one end, but he'll lock you up on the other. Defense is incredibly um, – it's half of the game is played on the defensive side. Anthony Davis is the best defensive player, top two, top three with, you know, Gobert and Giannis or whatever the case is. But I don't think it's disrespectful. When, when Richard Jefferson goes out of his way to say it's disrespectful to say that Anthony Davis – is top five talent, but not top five player. Uh, I don't agree with that. Let me squeeze in one more quick call here. Jake in La Crescenta. Jake, what's going on? You're on Lakers Talk. 
Hey, Laker Nation, Lee, how are you doing? Uh, doing good, thanks for taking my call. Yep. Um, you know, at this time, I don't think Anthony Davis is top five, and here's why. Um, Anthony Davis is could be top three NBA player, but he has a lot to prove this season. Uh, you know, he is the future of the Lakers. Uh, he will be here when LeBron James hangs, hangs it up. So uh, he really needs to prove that he can uh, dominate both ends of the floor, defensively and offensively, especially in the playoffs. Uh, that, that's my thoughts. Uh, thanks, Lee, for taking my call. Appreciate you calling in. Thank you, bud. Okay, so I, th- this is actually going to be a, a good question I want to bring up to Ramona. And if you're out driving around, I'm going to take some more calls around 745. Um, I want to bring Ramona Shelburne on next and let her – I want to get her opinion here on, on those Richard Jefferson comments. But the real reason why I want to get a chance to talk to her, she got a chance to sit down with Steve Ballmer and, you know, obviously owner of the Clippers – and a couple of things came up about the Lakers that I just want to get her opinion on. Um, you know, Steve Ballmer said a few things about um, Laker fans in a sense. Uh, if if Laker fans are threatened by what the Clippers are doing, I don't really understand it. Personally, I'm just telling you personally my opinion. I don't really get it. We'll see uh, if Ramona can help me understand it. We'll take some more uh, phone calls at 745. Stay right here. Thank you for tuning in. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we'll uh, take some more phone calls around 745-877-710-ESPN. Want to welcome in the great, the one and only Ramona Shelburne, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. What's going on, Ramona? You know what? I'm chilling over at my uh, folks' house. We come over here on Mondays, you know, bring the kiddo over here to see Grandma and Grandpa. So watch a little Monday Night Football. Uh, trying to get trying to get my son into sports. It's not totally happening. How's yet. it working? Is it is it working or not yet? Is it too early still? Mm, a little early. He mostly just wants to throw the bat yep. and throw the ball and kick the ball. But he's like <laughs> watching sports. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I can get him to say like, you know, go whatever, whatever look, team. I can get him to root for teams. But he don't really know what he's saying yet. Look how clean <laughs> the uh, the audio is. You're doing a little. You're doing connected on the Comrex tonight. Uh, yeah, I did on the Carmax, yeah. Perfect. Okay, yeah. perfect. Sound good? Right. Oh, it sounds really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, I want to – first, I got a question for you, and this is coming from last week, and I, and I you know, I want to get your opinion on this, and then we'll go into um, – I know what you're about to do. I want to go – You're going to thank me for some mid-September content is what you're going to do. Okay, I'm going to do that in just a second because that <laughs> dominated the show Friday with Travis and myself. And then for Lakers Talk tonight, it's it's going to be a fascinating topic. But for, first, let me just ask you this question. We're spending some time 
on the is Anthony Davis is he a top five player in the league? Richard Jefferson last week was on Gilbert Arenas' podcast, and he said that he's a top five talent, not a top five player, and said that, do you know how disrespectful it is to be a top five talent and not actually a top five player? I don't know if I agree with that part, but your thoughts on AD, where do you see him amongst the the, the best players in the NBA? Do you put him as a top five guy, or do you find him further back? I don't think he will be top five in this ranking that we do, right? We do the NBA rank. Um, and I think a lot of that is just based off of last year. Now, does he have top five talent? Absolutely. But if, you know, he didn't have a good year last year. Even when mm-hmm. he was, even when he was healthy, he didn't have a good year. And that he would probably tell you the same thing, right? I mean, I assume he would. Um, he never really had enough time to, to bounce back from the championship year. He came back and it was like he was kind of playing his way into – shape again and what and then he got hurt and got hurt again i mean it's just a very uneven year so I, like when they do the rankings and i i actively kind of stay away from that because I, I i don't know <laughs> we got enough <laughs> politics to manage uh, for as reporters right so mm-hmm. it's just uh the ranking stuff gets to me but um i don't think he'll be in top five because look at let's just go down the top five okay it's going to mm-hmm. be some version of lebron kevin durant Giannis, steph curry and james harden right Luca, Luca will probably be in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think AD will probably be somewhere between five and ten, potentially even a little behind, maybe even eleven or twelve, something like that. Hmm. And and you wouldn't have said that after twenty twenty, but after the after the twenty twenty one season, yeah. So this is Ramona. I, I guess you know by definition here, and I, this is what yeah. I spend a little time on. I, I mentioned that. Um, you're a top five player in the NBA. You're, you know, obviously on your specific team, you're relied on the most. You're, you're counted on the most. Night in and night out, that's, you know, you're the best player on your team, and you do multiple things. You're not just, uh, you know, not just a scorer, but you also can dish out 12 dimes. Or you're not just um, a scorer, but you're also grabbing a ton of rebounds, yep. and you're a fantastic defensive player. I, I think for Anthony Davis, would you agree with this part? The avail- availability part is what hurts him the most, and not just that too. And I, I mentioned this, you know, obviously getting an opportunity to do these post game shows. There were definitely post game shows where it's like, hey, need more from AD. You know, he wasn't there yeah. tonight. Where I never really found myself doing that with a guy like LeBron. Is that is that just the difference? Like, if you are defining between somebody who is top five in the league and, and somebody that's not sitting as that, you know, one of those top, top players. Yeah. Is it as easy as describing it that way? I would think so. I mean, look, I think AD's best comp, okay, is probably Giannis in terms of guys who are best two-way players in the game, right? I, I would say those two are best two-way players in the game right now. Kawhi's hurt, so he's the other one I would put in that category. Two-way, offense, defense, that's where their value is. Um, Giannis won last year. AD won the year before that. I mean, maybe it's that simple. Um, And Giannis has won two MVPs, back-to-back MVPs. AD has not. So when when, when Giannis has issues staying on the court, which he did last year too, he was hurt a little bit, not as much as AD was, but he was hurt a little bit too. But when Giannis is on the court, court very rarely is somebody else leading that team very rarely i mean sometimes there'll be a chris middleton game sometimes drew holiday will have a good game but it's always Giannis's team it's probably not going to be like that for ad as long as they, as long as lebron's on the team he's lebron's gonna be the guy 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point, AD will take the and he'll it'll be his team. But I think LeBron, LeBron's still year in and year out. He gets that that yeah. respect, that top five respect every year. I mean, even last year, I remember he was my MVP until he got hurt, and then he just mm-hmm. missed a lot of time. LeBron, I mean. He just missed a lot of time. It was kind of hard to vote for him at the end, even though, you know, like, I got down to it. I was like, well, he kind of played a similar amount of games as Embiid. It was just the different games that they missed, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron missed towards the end, and Embiid missed in the middle. Um, but I thought LeBron was clearly the MVP until he got hurt. Like, that's, that's, that's incredible for a guy his age. So when you look at top five players in the league, like, yes, that's, that's your <laughs> the answer is yes to LeBron. Whereas Anthony Davis... I think he hasn't done it year in and year out enough on a consistent basis like LeBron to where he'll get that all NBA vote in a year where he misses a lot of time, right? Mm-hmm. He'll get that all NBA respect vote that LeBron gets pretty much every year. So, I, you know, it's just a, it's a matter of time for him though. And I think that's something he has to decide is really important to him to do it year in and year out where people have to question like, Oh man, am I really gonna leave Anthony Davis off at all NBA team? Right? Like that, that's what happens every year when LeBron is up when you vote on your awards, you go, am I really going to leave LeBron? Like, I know he missed a lot of time, but still LeBron. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, maybe we can't vote him first team if he misses however many games he missed last year, but he's still LeBron. And, and AD hasn't done it year, you know, each year to, to have that kind of pull that pull, when we do yeah. all the rankings mm-hmm. and, and votes. Yeah. Ramona Shelburne, a senior writer for ESPN, taking some time to join Lakers talk. Okay. So, you mentioned it right out the gate. I mean, here we are uh, in the middle of a September, and you just laid out a gem for us uh, on Friday that we can just use as content for a <laughs> I couple did it of days. For you, so we I appreciate know. that, that was... Ramona. We greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Okay, so this is my question to you. I, I want to play. You got a chance to sit down with Clippers owner Steve Ballmer, and I'm, I want to play one piece of sound, and I want you to help me understand um, – what what kind of the mindset is of Steve Ballmer when it comes to Lakers or Laker fans? Uh, Funches, if you can play, please. Some of the fans uh, on the other side, if you will, it's like, what? You dare? You dare to question our supremacy? No, we, uh, we do. We got our fans. We use our expression, L-A-R way. The other guys feel a little threatened. That's okay. It means we're doing good. Okay, so I, I want to just ask you when he says Laker fans feel a little threatened what what do you think I'm trying to think of the mindset or the game plan you know what Steve Ballmer's doing I, I, I'm going to give him an incredible amount of credit from a Laker fan perspective dude's yeah. freaking making moves like you don't have to be a Clipper fan to tip your cap and respect that this guy is going to do it his way he's got the resources to do it but I get a little confused when he says if Laker fans feel threatened help me understand that so first of all, let's go back to my question, mm-hmm. which elicited that response. My question was, you know, Tyron Lou spoke about this in the playoffs, which was when the Lakers are out, the Lakers got eliminated in the first round, and the Clippers are still playing, Tyron Lou's quote was, you know, you should root for the Clippers. You're from LA. Like this is, you know, I was on the like you, you remember the quote, right? We all yeah. talked about that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him, I said, What do you say to that? And that was what got the response. So essentially, I mean, it was weird last year. So it was, I mean, I, I covered the Lakers in the first round. I covered the Clippers in the first round. 
the first two games, it looked like the, the Clippers were just totally going to choke, right? The Lakers were going to ro- roll. Mm-hmm. And then Anthony Davis got hurt, and it was a different story. And then the Clippers mm-hmm. turned things around, and they and they ended up beating the Mavs in the first round. It was a really good series. And Beat Utah Clippers, without yeah, Kawhi. Yep. Yeah, beat Utah mm-hmm. without Kawhi in the last two games there. I mean, I, I think the Clippers earned a lot of respect. And it was weird for me walking around L.A. and, like, you – like to me, it's like okay, the Lakers lost because Anthony Davis got hurt. Like we can, can we agree on this? Like, yes, they were rolling in that game. I was at mm-hmm. the game. Anthony Davis got hurt, and everything changed. It's just I don't want to take anything away from it. The Suns had a great run. Congratulations to them. But I, I was very up close to that series, and I thought the Lakers were going to win. Like Anthony Davis looked like he was just going to do whatever he wanted on the court, and then he got hurt, and that was it. Okay, so I, it was very strange walking around LA because people. There was no like, oh, we'll just ignore the Clippers. That's nice for them. Like people, you know, I said to I said to Mace, I said, I said, Steve, are you hate watching the Clippers or not watching the Clippers? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm hate watching. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> okay. Like you don't have to watch. You don't have to like cheer for them. But it was interesting. People actively hate watch them, <laughs> right? I mean, you 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 host like your talk. You heard of, uh, what was that like for you last year, Slee? I, I was uh, I was out there on the front lines of the hate. Yeah, watch. it was it was <laughs> sad some mornings, you know, like there was enough passion when Clippers would win. Uh, I almost felt the same way as if the Lakers lost. I'm like, what are you doing now? Uh, things are going to be OK here. But they're, they're, you're right. There's something to that. I mean, that to me is the definition of threatened, isn't it? I mean, I don't I don't know. Maybe that's just fandom. It's just it, I, I, I've been here when the Dodgers and Angels have both won mm-hmm. and I remember when the Angels won the World Series. It wasn't World Series in 2002. It wasn't like that. People were like, "That's nice, Angels." Okay, mm-hmm. like I don't think anybody hates the Angels, right? <laughs> right? Like, it wasn't. I've I've never really experienced this before. Have you? I, I've, there's very few teams where you could. But I, I, I I'm curious what it would be like in New York when if the Mets win or in Chicago if the White Sox win when like the other team wins. Mm-hmm. But my sense from Balmer is. This um, like he did not set up that lease at Staples Center, and he buys the team from the Sterlings seven years ago, and initially says, "Oh, we're fine being at Staples Center. Like it's it's a the building's fine, whatever." And then he's there for a year, and the guy's a super fan, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, this sucks. We have to play all these twelve thirty games because we're the third tenant, so the Lakers and the Kings always get the most favorable time slots. Um, there's always uh, they they really." You can you can really feel the difference when um, you know on the, especially on the games, especially national TV games. Uh, their locker room is a lot better now, but when he first bought the team, it wasn't. It was mm-hmm. not. It was very clearly the third locker room, and that was just Donald Sterling. Like Donald Sterling was going to go to Anaheim. The guys from Staples Center said, "Hey, you guys want in or not?" And Donald was like, "No, we're going to go to Anaheim." And then. Got all the way down to the wire, and instead of going to Anaheim, they, I think they had a press conference scheduled for Anaheim even. Hmm. And instead of going there, he said, you know what? Nah, we'll go to Staples. <laughs> so they had already drawn the plans up for the Lakers and the Kings in hockey. And the Clippers were very distinctly the third tenant there. They were distinctly the, the third team in. It was not built for them. They just kind of made some room. And it felt that way. Doesn't it feel that way at Staples Center? Like, I, I get it. I get why Steve wants to have his own place. I mean, and I don't, it, when I talked to him, it didn't seem like he liked covering up the Laker banners. Like when he, you know, he goes, oh, we got our pictures up, you know, 
Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's, I think they don't like having to do that or, or even that they do. I think they just want their own building. And the man is the eighth richest person in the world. Yeah. Eighth, eighth, number eight, as in <laughs> like top 10, <laughs> top 10 richest person in the world. You do whatever he wants to do money wise. So yeah, go ahead. Build your own stadium, man. Well, you know, it's funny, Ramona, the stadium piece. No, I, I, I've said this, that I don't think this is small news. I think it's obviously if you have the ability to do it and he does, it's the smart thing to do. You don't have to share revenue. I mean, just look at, you know, as you use as an example, Staples Center, the Staples Center is owned by AEG. So you have, let's just use corporate sponsors as an example. There's corporate sponsors there. First, the money goes to AEG. And then there's Laker sponsors. That obviously is for that team. Clippers will bring in their own. He is going to own every single thing that comes out of that arena. And yeah. that that part I respect. But I, I think I want to go back to one other thing. So, you know, it's the fandom. He used the word, maybe it's a threat to Laker fans. But I think it's – this is how I could describe it for myself. A threat to me would mean, let's say the Lakers are just uh, – ownership just doesn't care about winning anymore or they don't know what they're doing. And here are the Clippers just dominating the NBA and they've won a couple championships. Like that I would think is a real threat. The, the, the problem with saying that it might be a threat or you know him kind of um, just referencing it that way – the problem is Lakers won a championship less than a year ago. They are favorites to win another yep. championship. Like, I don't see threat. What I see is okay, definitely competition. Definitely the guy has the resources. And I, I actually respect what he's doing and respect that he's going out, you know, and obviously building his own stadium. But uh, but I, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a fascinating interview. And obviously on Friday it took uh, it, it draw drew a lot of attention. I wanted to see if you can make some time and come on here on Lakers Talk. So I appreciate you doing that, and I, I appreciate you. you taking the time yeah. to do it. Yeah, I mean, I look. This will be fun. We'll see what it's like in 2024 because it's not. They're not going to move to the new stadium until 2024. Um, I'm going to give you something to chew on though, Slee. Okay. Yes. Yep. I know you like the content. Mm-hmm. As part of the deal to build the stadium there in Inglewood, uh, it's going to be called the Intuit Dome. It's, it's, it's kind of fun, right? Intuit mm-hmm. Dome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an amazing state-of-the-art stadium. It's about, I'd say, half a mile from SoFi. It's, it's pretty close to SoFi in that same area. Mm-hmm. The Clippers had to buy the Forum. Remember the old Great Western Forum? Of course. Where uh, Magic, Cream, oh, all those guys yeah. won all their titles. Mm-hmm. So they paid four hundred million dollars for the forum, and it was to set, basically to settle a lawsuit with Madison Square Garden Company, which owned, which had taken over the forum. And its forum, to me, is one of the best music venues hmm. going. It's it's an amazing music venue, music only. It was refurbished and rebuilt as music only, but I'm not sure why you need. A new stadium, a music-only stadium, when Intuit Dome can host the same kind of concerts. Of course. So, what do they do with the Forum? What do the Clippers decide to do with the Lakers' old home? That will be interesting. That is a very interesting question, and you know what? I all I was doing is every time I've brought this up, I'm like, I've kind of thought in my head. How baller was that? Of okay, let's get these some of these lawsuits and these delays. Here's four hundred million. Uh, okay, let's move on. Let's get everything keep moving on. I have not even yeah. thought about what they're going to do with the form yet. That's that's yeah. a, that's a good point. So you basically have two world class facilities mm-hmm. on the same parking lot. Hmm. All Very right. interesting days ahead. 
Very interesting days. You know what I hope for, Ramona, is that the Lakers and Clippers actually play each other in the playoffs one of it these hasn't, years. It has never happened. Still hasn't happened. <laughs> it was supposed to happen last year, and it never happened. All right. Well, Ramona, thank you for the time. I appreciate you doing it. Thanks, Enjoy the time Lee. the rest of the night with your family, okay? You got it. All right. That's Ramona Shelburne right there. Uh, fantastic. I couldn't get her off the phone. Much is like, hey, um, you know we have to go to break and pay some bills. All right. More Lakers talk coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. All right. Thank you to Ramona Shelburne. How good is she? She's the best. She's literally the best. Funch is trying to explain to me, um, hey, Al, do you know that uh, during an interview you also have to go to a commercial break? Hey, I get it, Funches, but we got Ramona. What do you want me to do? We're going to blow right through it. What do you want me to do? Just tell Ramona that's enough? It wasn't enough. I, I, there's, nothing I, there's nothing I could do, Funches. All right, phone number is 877-710-ESPN. Um, so... You know, it's important for me to get into this topic because I, I, I genuinely find it fascinating. Steve Ballmer, as part of his interview um, with Ramona Shelburne, says, and if the other guys feel a little threatened, this is about him building a $1.8 billion stadium, uh, Intuit Dome is what it will be called. And if the other guys feel a little threatened, the other guys, fans, I mean, the players are actually a little different deal. But if they feel a little threatened, that's okay. It means we're doing good. So I listened to that clip a few times, read it a few times. I was trying to kind of understand it. And, you know, if I look, I, I could come out here and I could propose a question, Laker fans, are you threatened at all by the Clippers? Are you threatened by Steve Ballmer's vision, his endless resources? How many times did Ramona mention that he's the eighth richest person in the world? Look, the richest guy I know is Michael Funches. That's the richest guy that I know. After that, um, no, but just kind of breaking this down, Steve Ballmer's is his resources are endless. I, yeah, as she was mentioning the Great Western Forum, she's mentioning the forum. You know what a baller move that is to just you're dealing with MSG Madison Square Garden. Uh, that's James Dolan's group. That's who owned the forum. It's like, look, this is the biggest hurdle to building our arena. Here's four hundred million. Why don't you just take that? Let's quiet this down, and now let's go build our arena. I respect what he's doing. I really do. Like His vision, his uh, endless resources to try to win, that's really all you want from an owner. But the part that I don't understand is the they feel a little threatened. Help me understand this one. Because was it not less than a year ago that the Los Angeles Lakers – Won an NBA championship. So I'm, I'm having a confusing... This one is tough for me. The threatened is you don't have confidence in your ownership group um, to consistently compete for a championship. Threatened is the other squad just won two championships in a row and it looks like they have unbelievable... Um, it, it's sustainable for the next five, seven years. Threatened is... One squad like the Los Angeles Lakers are in a downward spiral and the Clippers just can't be denied and you know they're the favorites every year to win a championship. That's threatened. The reality is Lakers won a championship 11 months ago. That they were favorites to win a championship last season if Anthony Davis didn't get injured. And let me, at the same time, give the Los Angeles Clippers credit because they did get to the Western Conference Finals and they were able to do that with a Kawhi Leonard that wasn't available for the final two games. They got furthest than they've ever gotten, and that was in the Western Conference Finals. How is that threatened? That's the part that um, 
you know, I don't fully understand. And I, I get what Ramona was saying. Ramona was saying, you know, think about when you when the Clippers were in the playoffs and the Lakers were out. Were you cheering for the Clippers or not? Of course I wasn't. I mean, I can only speak for myself. Somebody might say, well, you know what? They're representing LA, so I'm all good. But I think there's an incredibly large contingency of Laker fans. They're not worried about, well, Clippers represent LA. Either the Lakers are winning or they're not. That's the only thing the Lakers are worried about. So yes, me as a fan, the fandom in me of a Laker fan, was cheering against the Clippers. I was spending a lot of my energy rooting for the Utah Jazz or the Phoenix Suns or the Dallas Mavericks in the first round. But I don't think that's threatened. I think it's literally you're just not rooting for a team that is also in your city, that's sharing an arena with you, that is having some success, that maybe you're not accustomed accustomed to them having success. I, I guess I just define it differently because... I don't see that portion as a threat. Um, I'll uh, take some phone calls on this. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-ESPN. Laker fans, do you see where Steve Ballmer is coming from? And is there some type of threat to a man who's the eighth richest person in the world and can do whatever he wants at any time? And I kind of go out of my way when I say this. I go out of my way to give credit where I feel like it's due. He cares about winning. I respect that. He's going to go build his own arena for the right reasons. I respect that. He should go build his own arena. Now, granted, I don't think they should be in L.A. I think they should move to Seattle. I think they should move to a different market. But when you buy a home in L.A., you can't take that home and just move it to Seattle because the the amount of money you paid L.A. price, obviously Seattle price is going to be completely different. The guy's not going anywhere. Clippers are staying here. They're about to build their own arena. Of course, they're not going anywhere. Um, but that's kind of, there's a, a couple different ways to look at it. We're going to go to a quick break. When we come back, I'll take some of your phone calls. 877-710-ESPN. This is Lakers Talk on ESPN LA.